Hi, everybody. Welcome to Trek Trek. I'm your host, Justin Chang, and with me is Randy Nelson. Hey, folks. Randy, how's it going? Oh, it's going all right, buddy. How are you doing? I'm pretty good. Yep. Uh, another week of Trek. <laughs> yeah. More uh, Star Trek Enterprise. Yeah. So what's been going on? Uh, not, not too much. Uh, not so great news in the world of video gaming. Yeah. Uh, this past I mean, week. You and I have both, uh, had experience in that mm. industry, <laughs> given that we used to write about games for a living. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of layoffs, uh, happening. Yeah. So our best wishes to all of our many, many acquaintances out there. Yeah. That are being affected by this. Um, I, I don't know uh, if I speak for both of us, but I know that there are definitely a lot of people, um, at, for instance, at Joystick and uh, the other AOL blogs that are getting shut down, uh, and also at Sega of America, um, including, uh, you know, it's a place where one of uh, my former uh, PSM alumni, uh, Stephen Frost, uh, is currently still, for the time being, a producer. Um that I would say any of these people like should be snapped up immediately. Absolutely. Like there's, there's no denying it. There's so many talented people, but yeah, it's been a rough week, uh, for, for a lot of different things. So why not cap it off in a good way? Yeah. With some Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be, uh, it's a nice distraction for sure. Definitely. Definitely. Um, I have one question for you. Mm. Did you know that some folks are born made to wave the flag? Hmm. I hadn't heard that. It's it's that red, white, and blue. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the band plays Hail to the Chief, uh, you know. <laughs> so, um... It ain't me. <laughs> it ain't me. We're going to talk about Star Trek Enterprise, Fortunate oh, Son. I thought we were going to have a uh, a massive uh, change of pace here, a big swerve, if you will, and become a podcast about Queen's Clearwater Revival. <laughs> I'm really disappointed. <laughs> oh, no. I'm sorry to disappoint you, but we're no. going to continue talking about Star Trek. Oh, okay. Uh, Star Trek cool Enterprise, Season 1, Episode 10, Fortunate Son. Mm. Yeah, I'm interested, uh, well, definitely, obviously interested in talking about this one. Kind of looking forward to talking about this. It was a, it was an interesting episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, original air date, November 21st, 2001. Uh, ep- huh? Oh, I was going to say, and uh, there's a special distinction for this episode in who directed it. Oh, yes. Uh, directed by Mr. LeVar Burton. Nice. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, I I uh, donated some money to the, or kicked in some money for that uh, Kickstarter, Reading Rainbow. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just got my t-shirt. Oh, awesome. So that was pretty cool. So next time I see you, will you be rocking the Reading Rainbow t-shirt? Yep, probably. With the, with, is Jordy on it, or is LeVar on it? <laughs> uh, it's LeVar. Oh, okay. Unfortunately, Jordy's not on it. Uh, you know, if you get some uh, masking tape... And draw draw with a sharpie on it. You could totally put a visor on him. I might have to do that. <laughs> It'll be one of a kind. <laughs> um, 
So the episode opens on an unknown ship flying through space. Uh, cut to a man throwing a football in some sort of cargo hold. He's playing catch with an older man. Uh, they comment about how the gravity is way less than it is on Earth. Suddenly, they're under attack. The bridge calls for the older man. Uh, we learn that this guy's name is Captain Keen, not Commander Keen. Mm-mm. Uh, the ship is under attack from Nausikins. Yeah, when I heard that, I immediately thought of the um, Miyazaki movie, Nausicaa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, Nausikins. Yeah, it doesn't really have anything to do with that. No, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> then the uh, opening credits. So when we come back from that, uh, it's on the Enterprise. Captain Archer is awakened by a message from Starfleet Command. It's Admiral Forrest. He mentions Archer's comment from the episode Breaking the Ice. So there's a little bit of continuity there. Yeah. And also, we've seen Admiral Forrest in the pilot, obviously. Mm-hmm. I think since then, with his kind of semi current day admirals uh, get up with a tie. Like they're still wearing ties at this point. Right. Um, Admiral Forrest is ordering the Enterprise to turn around and to check out a distress call from a cargo freighter called the Fortunate. Mm. Uh, he wants the Enterprise to go because it can get to the Fortunate in a day and a half. Uh, in the briefing area, T'Pol gives Archer, Reed, and Mayweather the rundown on the Fortunate. It's a Y-class freighter that can go up to warp 1.8. It has 23 crew members... Uh, but Mayweather says not counting newborn babies because uh-huh. uh, there's activity on these freighter ships. Yeah, there's there long, uh, long hauls of shipping stuff, basically, um, but not a lot to do. Right. And so we immediately, though, at this point, I, I noted that, ah, this is going to be a Mayweather episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very clearly. Yep. Um, he also, uh, Mayweather also mentions that the ship probably has some upgraded weapons because so much dilithium makes freighters like the fortunate easy targets for pirates. Mm-hmm. The Enterprise approaches the fortunate. Archer tries hailing, but there's no response. Uh, T'Pol reads 24 bio signs. Uh, Archer, Mayweather, Reed, and Phlox take a shuttle pod to check things out. And there's a lot of debris floating around. There's clearly a battle. Uh, fortunately, no uh, humans floating around, as right. Phlox Flo- points out. Phlox <laughs> pointed that out. And I, I just thought it was just such, like, gallows humor. Uh, it was pretty cool. I, I love how, again, Phlox is awesome. And just his matter-of-factness. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I don't know about you, but there's something about the way Phlox just delivers his lines. Just the way he talks. It's just so unique. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I've got a major uh, uh, crew crush. <laughs> Dr. <laughs> uh The away team boards the Fortunate and is greeted by the first officer, Matthew Ryan. Uh, he's the guy who threw the football in the beginning of the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's accompanied by some of the Fortunate's crew. They tell Archer that they were attacked by Nausikans. Archer doesn't know who the Nausikans are, but Mayweather explains that they're pirates. 
which is helpful because the audience doesn't know who the Nasagins are. <laughs> right. They're just space jerks who uh, <laughs> randomly attack uh, space truckers, basically. <laughs> yeah. Maybe there were space cops chasing the space truckers. Well, isn't Starfleet like the space cops, kind of? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, these are alien space cops. Mm, true. Yeah. Different jurisdictions. <laughs> we also, Different departments. Yeah. We also learn uh, that Mayweather's parents, uh, they have an old J-class freighter called the Horizon. Um, Archer offers to have a repair crew help out the fortunate, but Ryan says he doesn't need any help. One of the younger crew members jumped the gun and hit the emergency beacon, which is... And they could they couldn't shut it off, so mm-hmm. they're like, "Oh, we we didn't need any Starfleet help." Uh, mm. Yeah, that was a totally mistake. <laughs> yeah, good point. Like they couldn't have just you know turned it off, or for instance, broadcast another message saying, "Oh, I guess they said something about their communications." Yeah, their communications were down, down. Mm-hmm. but their their beacon wasn't down. But they also didn't just immediately turn it off. Like, oh, Charlie, you hit the emergency beacon button. Can you just reset it real quick? Uh, Ryan says that Captain Keen was wounded and that Ryan is in command for the time being. Phlox offers to help the captain or any other wounded, but Ryan doesn't want any of their help. Um, but he does agree to have Phlox examine Keen. Uh, in the Fortunate's infirmary, Phlox tells Ryan that the captain will be back up and about in in two or three days. Mm-hmm. Archer tells Ryan that since they have to stick around for a couple days anyway, that they might as well have the Enterprise help them. Uh, Ryan declines. Archer tells Ryan that they can upgrade the hull plating and the weapons, and Ryan finally agrees to take Archer's help. Elsewhere on The Fortunate, Ryan is speaking to another crew member. The This other guy is wondering why Ryan is letting more Enterprise folks come aboard. Uh, Ryan says that they're just going to get help from the engineers, and he'll keep the Enterprise crew where they belong. The uh, The other guy is worried that the Enterprise will find the Nausicaan they captured and are interrogating for some codes. Mm-hmm. So, not a good situation there. No. And you, I mean, it was immediately like, codes? Codes for what? It's like yeah. mean lottery numbers. <laughs> uh, Ryan is on the Enterprise with Mayweather. Um, he stops when he sees the transporter. Mayweather and Ryan are bonding over the transporter and over the fact that Mayweather comes from a freighting family. Mm-hmm. He's a fellow boomer. Mm-hmm. Which always makes me think of Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> Every time they say it. In engineering, Trip is examining the equipment that Ryan brought aboard. Um, he also shows Ryan the Enterprise's Warp 5 engine. But uh, Ryan is content with the Warp 1.8 engine because then he can enjoy the trip. Um, I'm going <laughs> to... I'm going to have to call BS on this. <laughs> Don't they say something about um, how... Even if they went to warp three, like some of these runs that they do for the hauling are like five years long. And even if they went to warp three or maybe if they had the same warp drive as uh, as the Enterprise, it would only take like a matter of months. Yeah, they said if they had a warp three engine, it would just take months. Right. 
But no, they'd rather spend five years trapped in a ship. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, I think they're way too enamored with this space trucking lifestyle. Yeah, I mean, that's what they're used to, and Mm -hmm. they don't want to change their ways. Mm. Okay. In the mess hall, Mayweather and Ryan are getting some food. Uh, Ryan is amazed by how good his steak is. Mayweather says it's because it's real and not resequenced. Uh-huh. Uh, on the fortunate, all they have is hydroponics and Nutripex, a.k.a. mystery meals. Oh, I should have said that at the same time as you like they do. <laughs> mystery meals. Uh, when asked if Ryan's parents are on the fortunate, he gets quiet and says they were on the North Star. And mm. Mayweather clearly, feel, clearly feels bad about bringing it up. Um, Ryan was on board the North Star and he was one of the survivors. Uh, Mayweather asks if Ryan ever thought about doing something less dangerous, such as Starfleet. Uh-huh. Uh, there are three more NX class ships on the way and they need good crews, Mayweather says. But Ryan argues that if all the good people go to Starfleet, no one will run freight. And Ryan asks why why Mayweather abandoned his family on the horizon, which brings an awkward end to the meal. Yeah, and he left all that. He left that baked potato and that real steak. I mean, I thought that was kind of interesting that it was steak. It was not replicated resequence. It was actual steak. It was kind of interesting too. I thought that they also they talked about the chef mm-hmm. that uh, Captain Archer had to pull some strings to get this chef on the ship. I hope we meet the chef at some point and he's a character, you know, like <laughs> he's I just this meet mysterious this chef. chef. Well, it's like Bobby Flay or something <laughs> <laughs> or it's a like guest chef, you know, uh, or what if it's, uh, you know, the guy with the, uh, the blonde hair and the goatee. <laughs> Why do I always forget his name? Try to block him out. Um, oh, Guy Fieri. <laughs> Or if it's Neelix. It's Neelix. That'd be amazing. Um, yeah, it was kind of, so they, so correct me if I'm wrong, but they, they talk about the North Star. Clearly something happened. A bunch of people were killed, but they don't say what happened, right? Right. Uh, okay. The, the, well, audience, say, the audience huh? has to infer that something that bad happened. Something bad happened. Not necessarily space pirates, though. Right. Um, uh, but I just, I, we, I, We'll get to the rest of it, but real quick before I forget this part, uh, I think that his argument would be a bit like saying that there are no longer going to be any fishing boats because people will go into the Navy. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, moving on. Yeah. (laughs) There's a flaw in your logic, sir. Well, as we're going to find out, he's not the most mentally stable person. (laughs) Okay. Please, sir, continue. (laughs) Uh, on the fortunate, Paul asks one of the crew members why power is being routed to the weapon systems. Uh, she tries to fix it, but the crew member says to leave it alone. So Paul starts scanning and finds a kid named Nadine hiding in a hide-and-seek game. Um, when another kid asks Paul if she's seen Nadine, Paul responds that she doesn't know which child is named Nadine, which is the truth. Mm-hmm. Convenient. <laughs> Convenient way around uh, having to say she doesn't know where she is. Right. And uh, T'Pol continues with her scans. I thought it, I thought it was cute. Yeah. It was a cute little moment. Yeah, you see uh, T'Pol interacting with some kids. And, yeah. Uh, something that you wouldn't normally see. Because mm-hmm. the Enterprise has no families on it. Right. 
Uh, on the Enterprise, T'Pol calls Archer and tells him that the repairs are almost done, but she needs to speak to him in private. In Archer's ready room, Archer chats with Ryan while T'Pol is standing in the room. Uh, Ryan assures Archer that everything is hunky-dory, and as he's about to leave, Archer asks if there are only humans aboard the Fortunate. Ryan tries to come up with some flimsy excuse about a skunk, but Archer tells them that they found a Nausicaan biosign, and it's not a stowaway. The Nausicaan is injured. Uh, Ryan finally admits that he has a Nausicaan aboard, and he's their prisoner. Archer wants to see this Nausicaan, but Ryan says no, because Starfleet has no jurisdiction on the Fortunate. And Archer then threatens to remove all the spare parts from the Fortunate. Archer, T'Pol, Reed, and Phlox go into the cargo hold where the Nausicaan is supposedly being held. They don't see him. Uh, T'Pol reads just one new biosign. It's a human holding a weapon. Archer doesn't want to fight, but a fight breaks out. Mm-hmm. Um, Phase right. pistols versus space shotguns, basically. <laughs> yeah. Um... Ryan and his buddy exit the cargo hold, but before they leave, Ryan shoots the hull, breaching it. He then locks the away team in the cargo hold and then ejects the whole section away from the fortunate. Yeah, so we kind of tried to kill them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he He's not a good guy. Uh, no. Well, I mean, I guess you could say he's misguided, but mm-hmm. the Enterprise is watching this happen on screen. Trip calls Archer and Archer says that he doesn't want the Fortunate to leave. The Fortunate uses its news it uses its new weapons to attack the Enterprise. Uh Enterprise fires a torpedo, but the Fortunate warps away before it hits. Uh, Archer wants Enterprise to pursue, but T'Pol advises that the away team get picked up first due to decompression. In the briefing area on the Enterprise, Reed tells T'Pol, Archer, and Mayweather that he's been tra- uh, that he's been trying to track the Fortunate. Mayweather says that the Fortunate is going after the Nausicans for revenge, so they need to find the Nausicans, and then they'll find the Fortunate. On the fortunate, the interrogation continues. Uh, Ryan's buddy doesn't like what he's seeing. Uh, Ryan says that they're going to continue to hold on to the Nausicaan, even though they've already got what they wanted, these codes. Uh, but the other guy says that they should get the Nausicaan off the ship in an escape pod. Ryan says they can't risk the hostage being picked up by the other Nausicaans and telling them to change their shield frequencies. So that's what the codes were for. Um, Ryan's buddy doesn't like what uh, he's what Ryan is doing, and they never took hostages before or beat them. Uh-huh. Um, but Ryan is obsessed, uh, Captain Ahab style, with protecting <laughs> with uh, hunting down these Nausicans. Mm-hmm. They're his uh, his white whale. Yeah, with spiny teeth, <laughs> things, and ships that look like Samuses from. Metroid. Oh yeah, that's true. I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, I was wondering. Actually, it just came to me. I was. Why does it look so familiar? Uh, in engineering on the Enterprise, uh, Trip and Mayweather are talking about Ryan's thought process. Um, Trip can't believe that he attacked a Starfleet vessel, 
Mayweather says that the freighter crews handle their own business and that they won't allow Starfleet to tell them what to do on their own vessel. Uh, Trip says that uh, things are changing. But, you know, obviously, after their conversations with Ryan and the other crew members on the Fortunate, the freight, the freighter people don't want things to change. Mm-hmm. Um, in Archer's ready room, Mayweather visits Archer. Mayweather thinks that they should let Ryan and the Fortunate handle their own affairs. Uh, Archer asks what happens to the Nausikins in this situation. Mayweather says that they'll probably be blown out of the sky. Uh, which doesn't sit right with Archer because human beings have a code of behavior that applies to Starfleet officers and boomers alike. Uh, on the fortunate, the crew has found the Noskin ship. Uh, then the fortunate is attacked, but the whole plating is holding. Uh, Ryan wants to get in weapons range, but just as they do, the Noskin ship hides behind a nearby asteroid. On the other side of the asteroid, they see that the asteroid is actually a Nausicaan base. Uh, Ryan's buddy wants to leave, but Ryan argues that they have the shield frequencies and should continue their attack. They fire again, but there's no effect, and just then two more Nausicaan ships attack. The Fortunate tries to escape, but they're too badly damaged, and the Nausicaan ship grabs the Fortunate. Uh, on the Enterprise, they see that there's been a firefight ahead. On the Fortunate, uh, three Nausicans have boarded. Ryan wants everyone to grab weapons. Uh, Ryan's buddy wants to let the Nausicans take what they want, but Ryan is itching for a fight. Yep. There's a, uh, firefight in the hallway, but Ryan and his crew retreat into the cargo hold and lock it behind them. Uh, the Enterprise approaches the Fortunate and the Nausicaan ships, and Archer hails the Nausicaans. Uh, in the cargo hold on the Fortunate, Ryan's buddy wants to get the wounded Fortunate crew member to the infirmary, and the Nausicaan prisoner mocks Ryan, which he doesn't like at all. <laughs> he does not like that being mocked. On the Enterprise, right, uh, on the Enterprise, Archer chats with the Nausicaan captain. The Nausicaan captain says that they're in the middle of a rescue operation. Mayweather pipes in that, uh, he pipes in to defend the fortunate. Uh, Archer wants to come to a peaceful resolution. Archer proposes to give the Nausicaan prisoner back to the Nausicaans and to have the fortunate go on its way. The Enterprise significantly outmatches the Nausicaan ships, so the Nausicaan captain reluctantly agrees. In the cargo hold on the Fortunate, the Nausicans have breached the cargo hold and get into another firefight with Ryan and company. Archer calls Ryan and tells them that the agreement they've come to with the Nausicans. Uh, Ryan argues with Archer, and he wants to handle it his own way. Mayweather chimes in and tells Ryan that killing the Nausicans won't accomplish anything. If anything, it will only escalate the tension between the Nausicans and the freighters, such as the Horizon. Uh, plus, Mayweather knows that Ryan is afraid that everyone will go to Starfleet and no one will run the freighters, but the Nausicans are going to kill the Fortune's crew, and then there will definitely be fewer people to run the freighters. So Ryan gives in, and he gives the prisoner back to the Nausicans, and the Nausicans leave. On the Fortunate, 
Captain Keen is up and about. Uh, he tells Archer that Ryan got demoted. He also tells Archer that boomers think that this particular strip of space belongs to them. Archer says that they're going to be seeing a lot more ships soon. Uh, Keen tells Archer that he's going to need at least a Warp 3 ship to stay in business, which Archer sees as a good thing. Keen says that they've always done their own, uh, they've always done stuff their own way. Um, before Archer leaves, Keen offers Archer some whiskey one last time, but Archer declines because he's on duty and because his crew is ready to move on. Uh, Archer's shuttle pod flies back to the Enterprise as the episode comes to an end. Yeah. So, what did you think of this one, Justin? Um, it was, it was, a, like you said before, it's an interesting episode, um, because you see what non-Starfleet members think about what's going on in space, the changing landscape, yeah. the changing landscape of space travel. And you kind of see, I mean, you've heard about boomers before mm-hmm. like they're always like oh mayweather is our resident boomer mm-hmm. but now you get to see it from the boomer's point of view like what's going on at this time mm-hmm. yeah i thought that so the reason i said it was interesting earlier uh it was kind of like a, a broad phrase but um I, I agreed with what you just said that it's a different side of things um I'm not too sure. My memory's yeah, not the greatest with every single Star Trek episode I've ever seen. Uh, there have definitely been freighters before uh, that have been kind of in distress um, and situations like that. But I felt like this was the first Star Trek episode where, in, in a way, some parts of this episode really felt like they weren't even Star Trek or they weren't even um, at least focused on the Enterprise. Uh, there were some when the, the Noskins were boarding the Fortunate and they were fighting with the crew of the Fortunate. The, everything was kind of focused on them. Uh, so y- you kind of felt like this was, this episode was way more about the Fortunate and its crew than it was about the Enterprise. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, and our, you know, our normal crew of, of, uh, you know, our main cast of the show. Um, but I thought it was, it was pretty cool to get to see this kind of other perspective on, uh, kind of spacefaring humans in Star Trek. Uh, and it, it, I'd say for me, it helped it feel a little bit like more like in its infancy. Like up until this point, traveling through space was just kind of like a, almost like in, um, when they were talking about the long hauls and hauling cargo, it made me think of, uh, Alien. Right. When, you know, it's like a crew on a ship that's just hauling ore or whatever for years. Um, and so it was kind of cool to get that sense that you really felt like, or at least I really, I don't know how you felt, but it made me feel like that NX-1 Enterprise was such a radically new kind of thing. Like, that humans had this, like, fancy starship that was going around. Like, it wasn't commonplace. Um, and the thing that, so that I thought was really cool about this episode. Um, and I didn't feel like I exactly knew where everything was going also, which was nice. Um, the thing that I didn't really care for was, um, I felt like the stuff with Mayweather and him giving kind of that impassioned speech, you know, to, uh, 
to the first officer of the Fortunate was kind of hammy, or it was just like really heavy handed. Yeah, I, I thought it was hammy. Uh, yeah, I, I thought his acting was pretty poor. In this. Yeah, so I'm I'm hoping that that he you know kind of matures <laughs> as the show goes on because it to me it felt almost like a moment from uh uh galaxy quest yeah like, yeah like it made me think of galaxy quest like how they how in galaxy quest when they're interacting with the aliens or whatever they're like you know oh and this and this and this like almost like a like a hyper stylized version of star trek you know mm-hmm. uh and you know I mean, credit to him, like, he got his moment in the spotlight in this episode, but maybe it was a little too soon. <laughs> um, and, and just this sort of, like, uh, I mean, the, the fortunate crew, they did some pretty bad stuff. Like, especially the first officer. It like, really reminded me of Battlestar Galactica. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, when they would have, uh, you know, kind of the lower deck crew or whatever on the, on the, or when they're refugees on the, on the Galactica, like mm-hmm. the kind of stuff that went on with them. Yeah, it did. You're right. Um, kind of more of like a gritty, gritty space thing. Yeah. Um, but, but for instance, like we, we joked about it a f- couple minutes ago, but when they, uh, punctured a hole in the cargo container, locked the away team inside and then jettisoned it, you know, mm-hmm. like, what if there was no way to get them out of there? That was another moment too, where I was thinking, Oh, you know, that and with the Noskin, uh, uh, with the, the hostage, seeing like, it's another situation where the transporter. Well, the funny just... thing is they mention the transporter. They talk at length about the transporter, but it's not used, but it's not used at all. I'm wondering if we're going to get to a point in the series where the transporter starts getting used like a transporter. Because, you know, here's a situation where they could have transported the Noskin onto the Enterprise and ended this situation that way. Um, I guess they didn't need to transport the crew out of the, out of the, um, the cargo pod. But I think it would have been kind of cool if they're like, well, we don't really have a way to get you. Um, because there's no way to, to dock. Let's say there's no way to dock a shuttle pod with that cargo pod. Mm hmm. If that was the case, like, how are they going to get them out? They don't have EV suits, so they can't, you know, come across that way. What if we're we're going to have to use a transporter? You know, right. Also, how cool it have been in terms of a of of a a callback to earlier in the episode if uh, Mayweather had gone over and was stuck in the thing and actually got to be transported. Remember, he was saying how much he was looking forward to being on the transporter, like. How you wasn't he? They were saying something about like for a split second you can feel yourself in both places at once. Right. So that would have been cool. Been like, hey, you got your wish. You got to go through the transporter. Yeah. So that's the thing. It felt like they were sowing some seeds in that scene, but there was no payoff. Well, now I'm definitely looking for at some point for Mayweather to go on the transporter. (laughs) I'm gonna expect it. But I thought that. So I didn't think this was the greatest episode. I think they've been on the, like, we've talked about the past couple of shows that they've, you know, been on this arc and they've been improving. I didn't feel like this was a bad episode. I think it had a lot of, it, it, it could have been a lot better. Um, but it was, it, you know, it's still an interesting episode. Yeah, um, if, yeah. if just because it showed us a different side of things. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it was it was interesting to see uh, humans be the the villains mm-hmm. uh, for for the, for the first time in this show. I don't know if it was in the first time, but first time in uh, kind of the first time in Enterprise. I mean, they they you know we've had in um uh in the episode where they went to the the old colony uh where everyone had gone missing i mean well they were i mean they did some things there but they weren't yeah they I weren't guess. really aware of being human they thought they were right <laughs> quit classifying us as humans we hate humans <laughs> uh so in this case yeah i guess it was kind of like a a sort of like over zealous human was the bad guy mhm so yeah um, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't know about you, but I really feel like at this point we're seeing the show start to start to, um, kind of get its footing. Um, and they're doing some different things with the episodes. I mean, this is, if anything, this was a different episode. It wasn't like all the, you know, it wasn't like a lot of the other ones. So I'm definitely interested to see where we go next. Do you think they called the ship the fortunate just so they could call the episode fortunate son? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do. So I was looking at the notes on uh, Memory Alpha for this, and and so far I've, I've got to say for Enterprise, it feels like their synopses of the uh, of the episodes and the the amount of kind of like trivia and just kind of general information about Enterprise is really slim compared to a lot of the other series. I don't know if that's just because since it's a wiki that's fan edited, if maybe there's just aren't enough diehard enterprise fans that want to keep it updated or maybe because it's the newest one it just hasn't had they just haven't had long enough i don't know but so there wasn't any mention of that but i definitely agree that it had to be something like <laughs> that uh uh what there was one oh there was an interesting tidbit i read on there though and it makes it this episode kind of seem like a bottle episode because you, you know they never go off the ship um and it turns out that the fortune, basically all of the, or all or most of the sets that were supposedly the fortunate were actually just corridors from Enterprise um, with different lighting and some different set dressing. Well, I mean, they did a good job. I didn't recognize yeah. it. Yeah, definitely not. But um, I thought it was interesting. You know, creative use of existing sets. So, uh, but I, my friend, I do agree. Fortunate son. Fortunate was uh, chosen simply to call it fortunate. So. <laughs> uh, I would like to learn a little bit more about the Nausicans. Mm-hmm. Um, all we know about them is that they're space pirates. Space pirates, and they have creepy, like, fangs around their mouth. Right. Yeah, they're pretty cool design, though. Um, they're unique looking. I, uh, although I will say that their, their kind of foreheads and their hair made me think of the Klingons. Mm, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, anyways. Not gonna, not gonna get too picky. Uh, on the Hoshi meter, she was barely a character in this episode. <laughs> Are we gonna establish a Hoshi meter now? <laughs> I think we might have to. Uh, who did we have? We had everyone was kind of represented. Um, you know, it's definitely. I guess most screen time was Archer and Mayweather. Mm-hmm. Um, barely any Hoshi. Hoshi's. I mean, she's really kind of getting relegated to the like calm officer role now yeah like she just kind of hails people yeah i mean it's unfortunate i'd like to learn a little bit more about her Mm -hmm. but you know after her episode of her like 
oh, I hate being out in space. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well. Maybe they're kind of just letting her sort of go under the radar for a little bit so that they can maybe revisit the character and have her not be annoying. Maybe? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, like, hopefully. That would be maybe a tactic we would take if we were going <laughs> to be doing this. Um, uh, and, uh, yeah. I mean, it was cool to see a little more Mayweather background. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to learn more about Reed. We haven't seen Reed in a yeah. while. I mean, he does some cool stuff every episode, but... So he's got something to do with guns. <laughs> yeah, I seem to recall, maybe just from flipping through, uh, you know, and landing on an Enterprise episode at some point, I think he does get a little more... There, there's something to do with a little more sort of combat or something. He gets a little more prominent. Uh, and they equip the... I think we're going to get to some point where they equip the ship with phasers. So, uh, since they only have um, they only have photon torpedoes at this point, right? Yeah, it seems like They're it. firing at everyone. I thought it was a little weird, considering they gave... They basically gave phasers to the Fortunate. Like, they installed them. <laughs> but they didn't put them on their own ship, so... We maybe may, maybe they do and they haven't used them. I don't know. Yeah. It's going to come to a point where where uh, Captain Archer is just going to be like, all right, you've finally done it. Turn on the phasers. <laughs> Reveal the phasers. And they're just going to barrel phaser barrels are going to sprout out of the ship. That'd be awesome. I, I want to say they have used phasers hmm. at some point. Maybe it was in the pilot. Maybe. I don't remember. Uh, anyway, next week. We're going to talk about uh, Cold Front. Mmm. Right. We're going to revisit the Temporal Cold War, perhaps? Yeah. Uh, they're probably not going to encounter another comet, so... <laughs> they're going to get stuck in a blizzard in space. <laughs> they'll get frozen in a comet. Yeah, I, I would assume this has to do with the Temporal Cold War. Cool, I can't wait. We haven't heard about in a long time. No, not since the pilot. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, we're almost at the halfway point, kind of. So. Yeah. It's going to be a long road. (laughs) Getting from there to here. (laughs) But at some point, the end of the season will be near. Uh, Yeah. So there are 26 episodes in the first season. Mm-hmm. And we're on number 10. Right. So. so All right. Excited to see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really eager to see the next episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very interested in the idea of a temporal Cold War, and I'm glad they're going to revisit it. Yep. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll talk to you next week. Yeah. See you then. <laughs>